as human beings, when something goes longer than we think or when we mess up or we, you know, we're like, oh, I should have done this or should have done that. We can just we could just be we can get crazy about mm-hmm. it. And one thing that I learned is that it, it's just not that big of a deal. Just go yeah. with the flow. Um and when someone tells me that it's going to take, if a contractor tells me that something is going to take three months, in my mind, I automatically add two months to that right. every single time. Without Fear of Her Future podcast is for women who are passionately pursuing financial freedom using multiple streams of income and real estate to accomplish their goals. We are here to empower you to be brave, dream big, and design a life that you love that inspires others to do the same. I'm Teresa Todd, founder of the Women's Real Estate Investors Network and author of the book, Without Fear of Her Future. And I'm Melissa Baker, a real estate investor and fitness coach specializing in turning properties from drab to fab. Today, we are taking you on a unique journey, a journey back in time. We're rewinding our real estate investment journeys, unearthing challenging lessons, and revealing how we'd play the game with the wisdom we have today. Get ready for an exhilarating expedition into the heart of a female's perspective on real estate investing. Woo! Let's this dive is in, Teresa. Be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, Teresa, let's start out with let's share how you first ventured into real estate investing and how you felt um, as a female in a male-dominated industry Ooh, scared 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 <laughs> intimidated um a hundred percent i i remember of course obviously it was my sons who got me into this business and so i had them as a filter which had to make it better than most women had it yeah. but i was still going to all of the real estate investing seminars and conferences with them and i am not kidding um there were so many times where there i mean if 100 people are in the room, less than 10 for sure were women. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So it was very intimidating and and frustrating, just yeah. not fun. Just, you know, didn't feel like anybody took you really seriously. And so, um, but this is what I've learned. If you want to be successful at something, you can't. You just got to push through. You got to show up anyway and do the things. And that's what I did. I just showed up. And um, I really had to figure it out. I I just was very, um, you keep showing up. Didn't let anybody intimidate me. And I just inserted myself in conversations. However, I wasn't obnoxious. Yeah. You know, inserting myself in conversations. Uh, And then once I really started doing deals, it was funny because before I was kind of invisible. It wasn't that anybody was really rude to me. It was just I was invisible. Yeah. But once I started doing deals, and they would always give you an opportunity to stand up in front of the room and talk about a deal you were doing or if you were looking for an empire, if you're looking for private money. And so once I started showing up over and over and they saw, okay, this lady is serious. She's, She's doing, doing things. <laughs> yeah. Then I definitely noticed a shift. Okay. And, and so that's what I would advise. If women are showing up to those real estate investing um, networks or clubs, I do think that things have shifted in the last, because this was in 2017 for me. Yeah. I think there's a lot more women doing it now. But even if you're, we're probably always going to be the minority in the room in this industry, but show up. And I think it's a perfect balance of being confident, 
um, but not being obnoxious because, and the reason I say that is because I did see a couple of women that kind of came in with a chip on their shoulder. And um, I just never wanted to be that person. So I think that balance is is key. Right. Yeah. Well, we can we can learn a lot from listening. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) right. That's exactly right. Um, You know, if we're just talking about insecurities that we felt in the beginning. Oh, my gosh. I know I had my fair share of every kind of insecurity. And, you know, you just have to learn to overcome them. But um what about for you when you joined the women's real estate investors network i know that there had to be you know some insecurities there was i i had the specialized knowledge from the training because i came through the network um but that rookie feeling of of not knowing a hundred percent for sure what i'm doing um yeah having the knowledge in your head yes but no no experience there's a big difference there is there is and and there's you know it's kind of like you know i wanted that playbook to make sure i did the exact right thing Uh in the right order and with real estate investing especially with flipping there's not necessarily an exact order it's it's kind of an art right figuring out how to do things and so it, it took a few minutes for me to to feel that and to feel like, okay, I kind of have a better idea of what yeah. I'm doing. So that rookie feeling was had a lot of insecurities with yeah. it for sure. And the only way to overcome that is by jumping in. Do it. Feet. And that's exactly what you did immediately. Yep. Immediately. Um, because you can hang out with the people. You can, you know, get all the training. And three months down the road, you're not going to feel any more secure than you did yeah. until you actually jump out there and do some of the things. Right. Yeah. Right. So let's, you know, while we're already reflecting on your beginning, what do you wish that if you could have known one thing that, uh, you, you know, when you first started, what would it have been? Well, I had spoke on kind of that order of things of having, and there, there is maybe not a specific this, 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 and this kind of order, but it's, there's a flow to flipping a house. And, and I hadn't quite realized that. So um, with our first house, I had partnered um, with um, one of the Reen sisters and, I, we we made the mistake of not having all the electrical stuff at the same time. So we came back and we're like, oh, we need some little lights here. And we want this vanity light in the bathroom instead of just overhead lights. And we should have done that from the very beginning because now we've got, we're paying an electrician to, to come, come out back. two or three yeah. times to redo stuff. Yeah. It would have saved us money had we had it yeah. all in the beginning. So kind of the, the order of the operations, yeah. I guess. All right, Teresa, so let's, let's kind of take a detour here. How has the understanding of the patients, because it takes a lot of patience to learn these things. Mm. There's, you know, you didn't just jump into this and overnight had success and know what you were doing. I know yep. you had your boys helping you along the way, but how has your understanding of patients and long-term perspective influenced your investing strategies over time? You know, that's a fantastic question. So I know just like everybody else that jumps into this, when we jump, say we're flipping or you know, let's just take flipping. Um, you are going to learn as you go. And you we we as human beings, when something goes longer than we think or when we mess up or we, you know, we're like, oh, I should have done this or should have done that, we can just we can just be we can get crazy about mm-hmm. it. And one thing that I learned is that it it's just not that big of a deal. Just go yeah. with the flow. Um and when someone tells me that it's going to take if a contractor tells me that something is going to take three months in my mind 
I automatically add two months to that. Right. Every single time when I don't tell him that because I want him to get it done in the three months. But in my I'm like, I hear five months. If he says three, I hear five. If he says five, I hear seven. I bet a lot of our listeners can relate to that. Yeah. And if you just automatically and then when you're figuring all everything out on paper, you just add that couple of months. If it turns out that they do it on time, then that's extra money in your pocket. And that's good news. But it keeps you from freaking out. And um, and then there's, you know, sometimes that it still goes even longer than that. And I would just used to get myself in an absolute tizzy. And now I don't. I've just um, I always go into it trying to do the best thing financially, thinking if the worst happens, um, but and also if I was gonna if I was thinking I'm gonna make forty or fifty thousand dollars on a deal and some things happen and now it's going down to thirty and then it's going and oh my gosh I would just freak out yeah. and now I don't freak out I'm just like okay I'll make it up on the next one I'll make it up on the next but why I always ask myself why did this happen and how can I keep this from happening the next time right now you can't can't always keep it from happening but at least I'm learning and I'm decreasing my odds right I'm decreasing my odds for sure. Okay, Melissa, if we had to go back in time, mm-hmm. um, you jumped in, I mean, did that first deal in less than 30 days. Uh, would you approach anything differently in your in, in how you got started? I don't know that I would approach it differently in how I got started because, again, I'm a hands-on learner. Mm-hmm. I knew I needed to jump in. Um, I jumped in with flipping, and I I've, that's kind of what I've done you know, with my mm-hmm. with the flips. And I had a partner, which I think helped as well. Um, the things that I would change is I feel like we learned or we over-improved that house. It's really your first flip. You know, you, you want to make it beautiful. Yeah. And there's things that you desire because you can see this in this house and how cute this would be. And you want to do this and that. And you have to remember, it's not for me. I'm not yes. living here. So it doesn't have to be perfect, beautiful, mm-hmm. how I would want it. It just needs to be good. It needs yes. to be quality. Um, I wanted to be, I was very proud of my, my first, all of my flips that I've done. Um, I have been very proud of, which I'm glad. And the work, the quality of the work was good. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I over-improved, yeah. which I think is a common mistake. Oh, girl, it is such a common yeah. mistake. And it's so hard. And I will tell you, um, I did this too. And what I learned, a lot of it is pride. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even for like the women's and the women's real estate investor, they know they, they want to post pictures of that and they want to post a beautiful picture. And, um, and I, you know, so what I would, I would flip a property and I would be so proud of it and I would want my friends to see it. Well, most of my friends were not real estate investors. So I would bring them, I'd say I had a $30,000 rehab budget. I'm bringing my friends for, you know, it was an ugly house. I've turned it into this. But when they got there, family, friends, now they didn't mean to do this, but they were like, oh yeah, well, why didn't you do this? Or, oh, I would have done this and I would have done that. And I'm like, well, yeah, you would have if you had a $40,000 budget. But I, I did this with with $30,000 and I had to stay in budget. Obviously, you know, you don't necessarily want to say that to them. So what right. I learned is not to take my friends and my family because it hurt <laughs> my feelings. Yeah. And I wanted them to be proud of it. And they never seemed proud of it. They just wanted to tell me what I could have done better or different. Or, uh, for instance, I remember one time, uh, there was no real place for a refrigerator. I just had to, you know, stick it against a wall. And like, the third person that came in, they're like, that's a really odd place for a refrigerator. And so... And then I finally started asking, I'm like, where would you have put the refrigerator? 
you know <laughs> flip it on them yeah, right yeah because yeah. Uh, it wasn't the greatest place but in that situation unless i changed everything mm-hmm. and turned a thirty thousand dollar rehab into a forty thousand dollar you know yeah. complete rehab of that kitchen um hey i was still i still sold that house and made a really good nice. uh you know profit and that's what you have to keep in mind is about your profit and now is this pl- is this placement going to be a a a deal killer is nobody going to want this house because this refrigerator is there or is it just not you know is it worth another ten thousand dollars to completely so those are the things as real estate investors we have this specialized knowledge that the average person so i always like to just tell some of my ladies um don't necessarily bring in your family and friends that don't understand what you're doing you bring in your other real estate investor friends and so when i see the pictures this is really it's so funny when i see the pictures on that people post of their flips when i see when somebody didn't over improve it that's when i get the most excited i'm like oh yeah they are gonna they're gonna make a really great profit there oh i know that so-and-so's was much more beautiful however I just wonder how much she went over budget. The pro- yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how much did they make? Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about some of your early mistakes. What What were some of your mistakes? How would you avoid them if you could start over? Uh, well, we just talked about it. Over improved, over improved, over improved, and I could waste money on the dumbest things. I'm like a light fanatic, mm. so I would just you know on a very simple house I could still go spend you know seven hundred dollars on a light fixture that I should have spent ninety nine dollars right. on. Um, lots of things like that. Also, did some deals that I should have renegotiated, but right. I was so scared to renegotiate. Right. Now, I feel like I am the queen of that. I I mean, if it doesn't make sense when I go back and run my numbers, then I'm just going to go back and I'm going to just simply renegotiate the deal. And then, And if I don't get it, I'm okay. Because too many times I did a deal that... It should have been renegotiated, but I was too afraid to do it. Right. And then it cost me money or I didn't. I worked my butt off and made very, very little. And so I just I am. But I learned the hard way. I think we all do. I stick to the numbers. If it's not a 70 cent deal um, or at least 80 cent deal, if I'm going to turn it into a rental and, you know, if it meets the one percent rule then I will let that deal go. But I know that that's so hard in the beginning because we want the deal so bad. Yeah, you got to learn to r- yeah. learn when to walk away. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I yeah. think Kenny Rogers taught us that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. He did, absolutely. Hmm. Well, how has your perspective... Your- how has your perception of risk and opportunity changed from when you first started investing in real estate? Oh, that's a really good one because the risk when you when you're first getting started, the risk is so big. It seems so big. That's a lot of and money you're dealing with. Yeah. It is scary. It mm-hmm. is scary. But the opportunities are so exciting. Yeah. And you want the opportunities yeah. and you want to jump on every opportunity. Uh-huh. So, I think that you have to find that balance and I feel like the more deals that that someone does the more confidence they have um, in what they're doing mm-hmm. and, and can build yeah. more from that and you, you learn as you go and then you can I love more. it so the and risk isn't quite as scary yes and you know it, I think so much personality um, is in this because some 
women or men, but we're mostly talking about women. Some women are so risk adverse mm-hmm. that they will yeah. just, they're frozen. They will never do a deal because they're, they're just so concerned about what could go wrong, what could go wrong. Right. Um, which you want a little bit of that. A little bit of that is healthy, but too much of that is going to paralyze you. Right. Right. However, there's some personalities are, are at the other end of that spectrum and they're never even considering the risk. They just want that first deal. Right. And I can't tell you how many people will even tell me, well, Teresa, I knew it wasn't really a 70 cent deal, but you know, I just figured. I just figured. It doesn't even matter what the words that come after that are. You just figured wrong. (laughs) Um, But I've done it too. But now I just know to to say it just doesn't matter what the reason, if it's not a 70 cent deal when we're talking about flipping and wholesaling, obviously if it's not an 80 cent deal, if we're talking, if it meets the 1% rule, we're talking about rentals or short term, midterm, long term, doesn't matter. Um, then you just have to be able to walk away. Well, and especially in this market, especially shift the market. over the past be year. Be smart. Mm-hmm. There's so much money to be made yeah. in real estate investing if you're smart. If you're smart, and um, I, you know, if we lay out in in the women's real estate investment. I think we lay it out there really plain, um, and and I think most of our women, you know, they see it, they hear it, and they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, all of us are going. We some of us, we just all of us really will learn some things the hard way. And it doesn't mean that we're, you know, we just, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't try it again. Don't mm-hmm. give up because you, this first deal didn't turn out the way that you wanted it to. Or sometimes, you know, my first few deals, well, my second deal, I barely came by by the skin of my teeth. Um, first deal was great. Second deal was not, I mean, I literally, I'll tell that story one day. But, uh, well, I'll just tell that story. Yeah, tell it. Okay. Let us hear it. So, you know, I made $20,000 on the first deal, and I'm super excited on the second deal. Um, I was so scared. I mean, this was my second deal. Yeah. So um, I had been, I had knocked on this door, that, uh, a gentleman that was going into foreclosure, and he didn't answer. So I left my little note on his door, and he called me back. And so I went back to his house a couple days later and went in and did the walkthrough, did all the things. Uh, I knew the ARV before I ever headed over. You know, I, I looked that up before I went. I walked through the house. It didn't have, it didn't need a lot of rehab. So I was able to calculate it all myself. Felt really good about that. And um, made the offer and we got it under contract. We inked the contract that day. And uh, I'm headed out the door and I realized that I had not looked out. I had not looked in his backyard. And oh. so I was like, oh, um, can I look in the backyard really quickly? And he said yes, and he walks me over to the back door, and he just, you know, opens up the door, and oh my gosh, it was this little bitty backyard that was like, I mean, it couldn't have been more than 15 feet, uh, you know, in length, and right on the other side was a major highway. I mean, and and cars are whizzing by at 70 miles an hour, and I just took this deep breath. I mean, that changes everything with my ARV. I mean, and I was like, okay. Uh, you know, obviously, I didn't know how to renegotiate. I didn't know how to back out of this thing at the time. And um, so I just, I didn't say much. I was like, oh, and I, in my mind, I'm like, well, I can put a fence up and then people won't, it won't be so obvious. Right. But it's still, I mean, it was just loud and it was such a small yard. And so, uh, you know, I was just starting, in, you know, with my sons. And so they were my business partners. So I was for literally so excited about walking out the door with that contract until I looked at the backyard. And then I'm like getting in my car going, I don't even know if I can make any money on this. I, I don't know if anybody's going to, you know, I was going to wholesale the deal. And so mm-hmm. I had to go back to the office and say, well, 
I don't know if we want to celebrate that I got a property under contract or if we want, you know, if I want to cry because this was what happened. And, um, but I was able to find an end buyer and I made $2,500 oh. on the deal. <laughs> $2,500, but I was just so excited <laughs> that I didn't lose any yeah. money on the deal yeah. that uh, I took it. So, but I can tell you what, I've never forgotten to look out the back door again. You know, it's funny that you, you tell that story because I have a, a similar one that involves our very own Clifford. <laughs> Early on in uh, in my... So Clifford <laughs> is one of our rain yes. coaches who is a rock star. He is. He's Brilliant. phenomenal. And early on, he had a property out in a little teeny tiny town near Lubbock, Texas. And I've, my, I've had family in Lubbock. I'm from Lubbock, went to Texas Tech. And so I had called him about this property. I said, I, I like this. I want this. It's a little, little house. Uh-huh. And he said, okay, but I wanted to get out and look at it. I, was, I didn't have the confidence to buy it sight unseen. Yeah. So I went, I made a trip out to Lubbock to go look at this property. And I had told Clifford, I'm in. I mean, it was a good price. I had run ARV. I had looked at it. I'm in. I want to do this. And I, and it was near in this little town. It's a little tiny town, you know, in West Texas. And out there, the neighborhoods, there were houses mixed amongst um, trailers and double wides. And I knew that. I knew Mm -hmm. the neighborhood was like that. So that didn't bother me because they were all like that. But when I got there, all of the the trailers, the double wides that were surrounding it were dilapidated and they were awful. And people didn't, they were abandoned. Uh-huh. Nobody lived there. And I just thought, oh gosh. And I had told Clifford, this is a done deal. I'm, I'm not backing out on you. I just need to see it. Uh-huh. And I remember having to make that phone call to Clifford and say, I'm so sorry, but I, now that I've seen it. And I mean, he was so graceful. He, he It's business. Uh-huh. It's business, Melissa. And I totally get it. You're good. We're fine. That's he was awesome. so graceful with me. But I remember that. And I'm, I'm glad that I did. I think an, a seasoned investor might have been able to know how to handle it and, and redo that house. I'm not sure. But yeah, um, it wasn't it was beyond my. Well, yeah, I get what it. I was capable. I of. get it. But yeah. What did you learn from that? Yeah. Always go check it out or at least have yeah. some. Yeah. Right. Boots on it. the ground are important. Yes. And I love uh, exactly what Clifford said. It's business. And that is yes. what we have to remember as women. Uh, even if it's, you know, your neighbor, your family member, don't take it personal. Mm, this yeah. is business. And if somebody doesn't see, and there's, and here's the thing, we're all, um, so much of real estate investing is objective. You, you can see one deal and see it as a great deal and somebody else is going to see it as, no, that's, I just, I, I think it's too risky. And you're saying, no, I only see the opportunity. Yes. And it doesn't mean that I'm right and you're wrong or vice versa. Uh, it all depends. You know, I mean, I have turned down plenty of deals where somebody else did the deal and made a lot of money. I've also done a couple of deals where everybody was like, you are crazy. And I'm like, no, I see something about this. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I definitely think you should have a little more experience before you make those decisions. But, uh, you know, to, to do something that if, if everybody's yeah. telling you not to do it and you're brand new, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but uh, once you know what you're capable of and you sometimes you just feel something, you just see something that nobody else sees. And I've done that a couple of times. And so far it's paid off. Okay. <laughs> So good. Um, did you have any reservations about um, s- sharing your your real estate investing goals with your friends and your family when you were first getting started? Because you kind of jumped. I mean, you come from the medical field. <laughs> yeah. And so we're shifting gears here talking about when you first started, um, because a lot of people do look at us like we're crazy with what yeah. we're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think. 
Oh, my gosh. I know people had to think I was crazy. But not only was I just saying I'm now, you know, going from a 25 year in the medical field without an ounce of experience, not only was I saying and giving my resignation and walking away from, you know, I taught Bible studies in, in my city and all of those things. I was like, so I did like tell the whole wide world, hey, I'm moving to Dallas. I'm leaving my career. I'm leaving my home. I'm leaving my people. I'm going to Dallas uh, to be a real estate investor. And they're like, what? Who do you think you are? Um, So, yeah, I was and I was scared to death on the inside. Even as I'm saying the words, I'm like, well, I hope I make it. (laughs) And um, but yeah, so I so get it. I think our friends and our family are the hardest people. It's easier to tell strangers than it is to tell our family and friends. However, I will say that I'm so, so blessed that um, I don't recall one person um, saying one word to me other than you go, girl, you go, girl. No, I don't recall one single person in my life saying what are you doing? You can't do this. You can't. And I'm, I was blessed because it's I know that support system. It is a good support system. And, um, I know that everybody doesn't have that. Yeah. And, um, but I'm telling you what, when you feel it in your bones and I certainly did, um, you have to do it whether you have other people behind you or not, because this is your life and it is, it's huge and it's going to be scary. And it was scary for me, even though I had everybody saying, go girl, you got this, you can do it. It was still on the inside. I'm like, okay, I hope I can. I hope yeah. I can. And so, yeah, I, I but I really want to just say to the ladies that are listening that don't, that do not have that support system that, you know, the minute that you say out loud, I'm going to be a real estate investor that you have people saying, you're crazy. You're crazy. You can't do it. But I just want you to believe in yourself. Know that God's got your back, that God is calling us to more yeah. and um, get that specialized knowledge, get the mentor, get in and then go out there and change your whole life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what happened for me. Mm-hmm. Way more than about money. but about Yeah, it, it opened a whole lot of doors because yours started out about just real estate investing, mm-hmm. but it very quickly turned into a whole network yeah. of women whose lives you're impacting yeah. in a huge way. Yeah. And I had no idea. I never saw that coming. I just thought I was going to come, you know, do real estate. And um, and then 14 months later, Melissa, that's that's the part that yeah. still makes me crazy. Like, what was I thinking uh, with 14 months experience to start the Women's Real Estate Investors Network? But even for anybody that's listening, you have no idea when you say yes to something um, what God has planned for you, yeah. what doors will be opened and where this can lead you and the kind of impact that you can make. And I believe that God is putting the wealth of the wicked into the hands of the righteous and so that we can make impact, so that we can start ministries and and nonprofits and just give to the things that are so important yeah. to us individually. Well, you've definitely been able to do that. Yeah, not just me, but so many of the women mm-hmm. in our network and so many of the women that are now doing great things instead of just living paycheck to paycheck well girl we really got off topic there but uh let's i'm going to try to bring this right back into topic i want to ask you about a scenario from the past where using your current knowledge well not what you know now okay if you had to go back uh would what would you do different oh well really what I've learned, one thing that I hope the women can hear on this one is has to do with contractors, mm-hmm. knowing your contractors, getting the right contractors, making sure you're interviewing them. I had some issues with some contractors early on, and I look back, and I've got a, 
a flip that I've owned for way too long because we had some contractors that, that weren't mm-hmm. good. And so it's it's been a very long process with this house, and I've owned it way longer than I should have, <laughs> which is just money, you know, going yeah. out the window with the interest payments every yeah. month. And to to look back at that, I see where the mistakes were made, such as we were kind of redoing the house, um, adding an addition onto it, and... Um, I don't think that we need to know exactly how to read blueprints, you know, for everything, but we need to be able to look at some blueprints and know know what we're looking at. Yes. And I didn't. And so, you know, some, some mistakes were made in, in blueprints on this house that we had to undo what was done and go yeah. back and redo. And, you know, it's just drawn out the process. So I think one of the, the one of the biggest mistakes, um, especially on this this property, is just not being on top of contractors and and keeping them moving and going because mm-hmm. again projects shouldn't take you know <laughs> yeah <forever. laughs> a year yeah right? you want to get in and out as quick as yeah. possible and and staying on top of your contractors mm-hmm. and knowing what what's to be expected each yeah. day that they're there to know what work has been done and yeah. what needs to be I, done you are so right I, I mean there's no doubt that in this business in my personal opinion dealing with contractors is the most difficult part of it yes however uh, there's two tips that I can give you for this and one is always 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 get a referral when you find a contractor you want to talk to somebody else that they've already flipped their house and and um because that's going to tell you a lot and then second thing that we really teach in the women's real estate is, is never ever ever pay your contractor until the work is done don't yes. pay them up front and uh, they'll bully you and they'll make you, you know, they'll even try to convince you that they're not going to do the job if you don't give them money up uh, front. But 90% of the time they will. And if they don't, then I don't want them to do my job because they're right. desperate for the money. And those are the scariest kinds. Yes. And so yeah. um, I don't pay, you know, I, we don't pay our contractors until after the work is done. So, um, you know, I walk out, I always go on Thursdays and look at a property and I pay them for the work that they've done that week. And then that way that they can pay their subcontractors on Friday. And I just make that very clear up front because when you're handing out twenty, thirty thousand dollars uh, because they'll usually ask for a third. Right, right. Or maybe yeah. even, you know, some will even ask for half up front. And then they may show up for a week and do some work and then you never see them again. Right. And the only way to fix that is to uh, file a lawsuit and fight and wait. And we, you know, who has time or money for that? Right. So um, that is the biggest secret that I can tell you. Okay. So Teresa, talking about contractors, um, you've you've dealt with quite a few contractors mm-hmm. throughout the years of real estate investing. If you had the chance to start over, mm-hmm. what specific steps would you take to better navigate the real investment, the real estate investment landscape that you're living in right now? Okay. So. This is not just about flipping. This is just real estate. Just real estate investing in general. general? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, here's the deal. I don't know that I would do any. I don't. I wouldn't do a lot of my actual investing that different. You know, I started out knocking on doors. And although I never want to knock on another door, (laughs) I wouldn't give anything for that season. Because I learned so much so quick. Just just hitting that door and having those conversations and making those offers, learning every objection that people had learning. I knew I could, I could tell you the four things that people were going to say 
uh, when you knocked on the door. I'll, I'll be, because they all say the same, you know, one of the four different things. And so I got really good at that. And then that opened the door for me to do wholesale deals and then flipping and rentals. So I was able to step in that way. Mm-hmm. Would it take anything for really the way I learned? And even though I feel like it was a hard way, I think, yeah. a, you know, but where I really, what slowed me down and what really messed with me is that I jumped into this without the right mindset. I had yeah, such, okay. I came from such a scarcity mindset mm. that, oh, I just, and, and so I, and I had all this battle on the inside that I had to really overcome. Now, thankfully, um, as my sons not only introduced me to investing and all the specialized knowledge there, they in they also introduced me to personal development, and they okay. were all okay. about mine. So, so at, simultaneously, I started jumping into that, and I'm so grateful because I don't think I would have stayed with it. I I am almost sure I would not have stayed with it if I wasn't getting the mindset right alongside, okay. because I think I would have given up. Even, you know, you know, my story, I knocked on 57 doors before I got the first deal. Now, that one, I don't think I would have quit because I was desperate and I didn't have an alternative. But I think even those first three to four months, even the first year, it was just so hard because then you are, you know, then I am flipping a a property and then there's contractor problems and then there's all these things because it's there's just a lot of things. Um and I wasn't used to that. I had had a job and I knew how to yeah. do that job. I knew how right. to show up at a certain time, do the job, go home. And I was really good at the job. I, I had to learn how to be an entrepreneur. And I learned how I had to learn how to uh, time block and be my own boss and show up for myself and keep the right attitude and all of that. And that was probably the most difficult thing. And that is where I became obsessed with podcast i came obsessed with reading and going to every single uh seminar that i or conference that came to town or if i had to travel because i needed to be in the room with other people i needed the motivation i needed the inspiration i needed the knowledge i needed that self-discipline and um i wouldn't take anything for what i learned in that first couple of years. Well, and you've brought all of that to the Women's Real Estate Investors Network. So I don't, listening to your story, I know you had the boys helping mm-hmm. you, telling you, kind of mm-hmm. guiding you through the process, but you have literally taken your knowledge and wisdom that you gained in that first year, and you've literally written a blueprint for mm-hmm. women to follow step by step on how to be successful in real estate investing. And I feel like if, if they take that and literally take the steps, follow the steps, learn... Um, For me, starting over, I would have learned the marketing. I jumped in with the flip, and I got so busy with my flip that that first year, I didn't get into the marketing Uh like you did. And so, you know, having to go back and start that process over, do do the steps in the order that you've Mm -hmm. laid them out in that blueprint for the success. That way you've got the skill set to get the properties, to get the 70-cent deal, to know how to write the contract, to find your end buyer, you know, or to flip or to burr the house, whatever you want to do. so that I think with for me, as far as, as being a student in the network yeah. is is really going by the blueprint that yeah. you put forward for us. Yeah. And that's why it was so important as I was creating the training that it, I knew that it was not 
important, not just it was it was just as important for me to teach the mindset mm-hmm. piece as it was the specialized knowledge, because I just personally, unless you're just some kind of a superwoman, you're not going to be able to endure right. and push through if you don't have that right mindset. Yes, I, I agree that we need as much of the, the positive mm-hmm. and the, the, the self growth that how much yeah. we grow personally through this process yeah. you've got to be able to keep up with what you're learning and be able to to navigate mm-hmm. navigate that from yeah personal somewhere during that those first few months is where the whole be brave dream big came through and um you know i i just started saying that i started ending my emails with that i started because i think that it takes both of those things first of all um we have to learn to be brave because this thing, you can't do it if you're just a scaredy cat. You've got to, right. we got to get some courage and some strength and some tenacity to push through. So we do have to be brave. And then the other part is dreaming big. Uh, we have to just begin to realize that we can not only do so much more than we think that we can do, but we can acquire mm-hmm. and we can have and we can make more impact than we ever dreamed. So that's why I'm passionate oh, about sharing. Be brave, dream big. It's not just a you know cute little mantra. But it's really when we can get these things down, boy, we release something uh, that can propel us to success. Yes, yes. Big things, too. So which is great. What would you say to any woman who is considering real estate investing? Woo, I would say just do it. <laughs> just do it. But I would also say, um, you know, get the specialized knowledge. Yes. You know, one of the biggest mistakes that people make because HGTV is, you know, such a huge part. And I love HGTV and all that. But we can watch that and they make it look so easy. They do. They never have problems with the contractor. They yep. never, you know, and um, they're always on budget. Exactly. <laughs> and on time. And, they, you know, they can flip this house in 30 days. And um, but but so many people will watch that. That's all the specialized knowledge they have is, mm-hmm. you know, what they've seen on TV and they don't see all the behind the scenes stuff. So get some specialized knowledge and then, you know, get a mentor, put yes. yourself in the right places and, you know, in the right rooms. You've got to surround yourself with some other people that are doing the same things. But then after you've done that, then, gosh, have the courage to do it yeah. um, because there's not anything I believe more satisfying and exciting and fulfilling as um, creating wealth for yourself um, so that you can create the impact that you want to. And not only that, but changing the trajectory of your life and of your kids and your kids, kids, there's, that's just the most exciting thing ever. So that is what I would say to any woman considering. I think that that's one of the most important things is what you just said, as far as getting the mentor. Having having the the training and the mentorship mm-hmm. in place because I was I was talking to a woman just the other day and um, I was talking about the network and I said I I might have could have figured out a lot of this on my own but it would have taken a lot of trial and error a whole lot more mistakes than what I've already made whereas I've got that within the network um, I've got that leadership the mentorship that's mm-hmm. walking me through it so I don't have to I get to learn from your mistakes <laughs> other women's mistakes you know we get to so that we don't have to make those mistakes and that way I'm able to have the success that much quicker yeah. than trying to do it on my own so I think that is definitely key yeah yeah in this. all the information is out there everything's out there yes. on YouTube and all that but be t- 
trying to find all of that that you need, when you need it, how you need it, is uh, really confusing. And when you find a program of some sort, you know, it doesn't have to be my program, but anybody's program that they've put something together, there's structure to it. It's like, okay, you do step one, then two, then three. You're just going to find success so much quicker. Yeah. And and hopefully bypass a lot of mistakes. A lot of the mistakes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, thank you for being with us today, ladies. If you have not subscribed to the Without Fear of Her Future podcast, then hit that subscribe button today for new episode reminders. And please leave us a review on our podcast page. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today. On behalf of the Women's Real Estate Investors Network and Teresa Todd, I'm Melissa Baker encouraging you to be brave and dream big.